here it comes again, the season of broccoli, cauliflower, cavolo nero and romanesco. It took me years to overcome the not too appetizing smell that fills up your kitchen when you cook them, to discover an immeasurable love for these vegetables. And I guess I owe this devotion to the role that extra virgin olive oil and garlic play when it comes to cooking these seasonal vegetables. Before starting this new episode, I want to thank you for all your comments and feedbacks on our podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to share the review that Dale Nutt left on iTunes. Discover your Instagram page and website recently, which led me to your podcast. First episode I listened to was your interview with Juliana Lopez. Love to listen to passionate people speaking, especially when it involves great food. More importantly, I love the story behind the food. Both you and Juliana let the stories shine in this episode. Look forward to listening to your next episode and pick up your Tuscany Markets cookbook. Hope you never lose your passion for food and sharing it with others. God bless. Thank you, Dale Nutt. You made my day. And if you don't want to miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you are listening to a podcast. Then, if you are enjoying cooking with an Italian accent, please consider rating and reviewing the show. It would help us enormously to be discovered by other food lovers. Last but not least... Remember that you will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in the episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for more information and new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start! Ciao! My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia. I am a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and a photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now through my cookbooks and my blog, juleskitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow this podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. Welcome to Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode 25. Today's theme is vegetables but not any kind of vegetables. We are going to talk about overcooked vegetables. May I ask you something? Usually this question arises during a cooking class, after the market visit and after my enthusiast praise for seasonal vegetables. What are the vegetables on the menu at the restaurant? I thought they would have a predominant role in Italy, but they barely serve vegetables during the meal. Well, I've learned so much talking with my guests during cooking classes, and I've opened my eyes on habits that I used to give for granted, but which can be almost upsetting for those visiting Italy for the first time. Vegetables are usually not served along with the main course. You must specifically order them, picking one of the side dishes from the contorni menu. In a Tuscan trattoria, you might find fagioli all'olio, which is beans with olive oil, spinaci saltati, sauté spinach, Insalata verde, a very simple green salad, which is usually quite sad and wilted. Usually it's lettuce. Pomodori, when in season, and sometimes when it's not season. So just tomatoes. And also verdure grigliate, which is grilled vegetables. But my favorite, patate al forno, roast vegetables. So those vegetables for a foreign palate are usually overcooked. It is not a chef's mistake nor a reheated side dish of the previous day. It's a well-rooted habit of trattorie and osterie, which traces back mamma's and nonna's way of cooking vegetables. I had to unlearn 
the automatic approach, which would take me to boil broccoli, cauliflower, uh, French beans and spinach until wilted and collapsing, almost for hours sometimes. Traveling abroad and reading my favorite food writers, I've encountered more than one reason to appreciate first and then fall in love with crispy, snappy vegetables. Think, for example, Peter Sham Nursery's Café in Richmond, where I had a fabulous meal a few years ago. I, I remember I ordered a quail, and this quail was served with courgette, and this courgette, zucchini, they were still al dente, and they were also sweet peas, and they were crisp as well. Um, think about Nigel Slater and his column on The Guardian. Vegetables are a key ingredient in almost every dish. His latest books, Green Fist, are another great example. Vegetables are balanced and perfectly recognizable, with texture and character in every dish. For example, I like to quote this phrase. In his asparagus uh, with lentils and wheat salad, he described the asparagus just like just tender enough to bend a little. Isn't it just fabulous? In the recent years in Italy, um, we finally rediscovered this trend, giving a new leading role to the vegetables in every dish. But do not expect this modern approach in traditional osteria and trattorie. So here I am today to praise the charm of overcooked vegetables. Not all vegetables give their best when they are cooked for a long time. Sometimes they get soggy and unpalatable. But take French beans or broccoli or cavolonero. They give up. They surrender to the flame and they develop a buttery texture and an intense aroma. So they can become a fabulous pasta dish, they can be served with meat or stand up for themselves in a comforting side dish. To support my theory, let me quote Fergus Anderson and his The Complete Nose to Tail book. He says, In the day and age of al dente vegetables, what a joy to find a recipe that celebrates the well-cooked buttery vegetable. Oh, I just love this, man. Of course, when you cook vegetables for so long, you cannot simply drain them and serve them on a plate. That's a mistake. You need the help of some of the most iconic Italian ingredients. A generous drizzle of extra virgin olive oil and garlic. Sometimes chili pepper, anchovies, capers or black olives are welcome too. So let's start with an example. That is, for me, the best example. My grandmother's deliciously overcooked stewed French beans. I make this often during a cooking class, so I know what to expect. I know your reaction. How long do you cook French beans for? Like five minutes? 10 minutes in a stir fry? Well, during my cooking classes, we cook a big pot of French beans for about one hour. So please don't skip this episode. Now, trust me and forget to look at your watch. Cook these French beans, or I don't know how you want to call them, green beans, string beans, snap beans, for about one hour on the lowest flame with a bunch of other vegetables, like chopped celery, carrot and onion, our battuto, and then you can add also some chopped tomatoes. Please control your urge to turn off the heat when the beans are very crisp and grant them a long, soothing cooking. Serve them as a side dish accompanied by a piece of crusty bread to mop all the juices. They surprise all my guests during cooking classes, so let them marvel you as well. This was the only kind of vegetables I would eat as a child. I was a bit of a picky child, especially when it came to vegetables. 
I used to eat green salad, just seasoned with lemon juice, olive oil and salt, potatoes, boiled, fried, baked, mashed, as long as they were potatoes, I was fine with them. But besides salads and potatoes, there were grandmother's French beans. They were tasty, delicious and far from the usual vegetable dish. My grandmother told me this was the same method used by my great-grandmother Pia. So Nonna Marcella, my grandmother, she would also add pieces of prosciutto or pancetta to make the beans even more flavorful. So, if I manage to convince you to try them, remember that you will find the detailed recipe for these French beans in this episode's show notes. Now, a second example, broccoli. Broccoli are another vegetable I love to cook, I mean overcook. I discovered my love for broccoli when I was at high school. I used to do my homework up until dinner time. At 7.30 p.m., I would leave all my books and notebooks on the table in the living room to meet my mom in the kitchen. It was time for my favorite TV series, a detective story set in Austria with a handsome detective and a German shepherd dog, which, needless to say, was my favorite character. I mean, the dog, not the detective. I would sit there at the kitchen table, often with a book in my hands, while mom in the background would prepare dinner. This is when she introduced broccoli into my diet, straight out of a plastic bag from the freezer. They were cooked until collapsing in olive oil and garlic. Sometimes she would add also one or two anchovy fillets. I learned to love that green fluffy mess to bits. Of course, I've worked my way through the broccoli world as well. Now they come from the farmer's market or from the market stalls with leaves and stalks still on, not from a plastic bag. Though I still adore to cook them until mushy, those in extra virgin olive oil, garlic and a pinch of chili pepper. Sometimes I add grated ginger, sometimes anchovy fillets and meaty black olives. They come as a side dish, which is able to steal the scene to the main course, or more often as a dressing for pasta. Let's talk about pasta with broccoli. I've been eating this pasta for the last 20 years of my life. I've been cooking it quite often for Tommaso, as well as it is easy, it allows you to eat your good share of vegetables in one go, and mostly, it's so good you want to eat the mushy, garlicky broccoli by the spoonful, even before adding the pasta. It is simple and straightforward, but this is how we eat in our daily life, so why not to share the secret with you? This is another great example of how delicious a serving of overcooked broccoli could be. Forget your crisp steamed broccoli barely touched by the heat and olive oil. This will surrender to the pasta and embrace it in a cheesy garlicky sauce. When I'm cooking this pasta just for me, I like to add anchovies as well. Anyway, I'll leave the link to the recipe in this episode's show notes. When I shared this recipe a few years ago on the blog, everyone was like, I cooked this pasta with broccoli for my family and they were all so surprised because they thought there was cream here or butter or a ton of cheese because it was so creamy and soft. No, this is the effect of broccoli overcooked or cooked very soft and then mixed with extra virgin olive oil and garlic. So it's a very surprising pasta. If you have the chance, give it a try and I promise you, you will love it. But in this episode's show notes, you'll find also the link for tagliatelle with romanesco, anchovies and burrata. It is a very similar pasta, but the main protagonist is the romanesco. If you cannot find the romanesco, you can substitute it with cauliflower or with the more common broccoli. Although I find that this wonder of nature, the romanesco, is so wonderful in its fractal conformation and it has also the most delicate texture and creamy taste. Again, 
anchovies, chili, and garlic, a well-knit team, are those three ingredients that, even if used in small quantities, give a restaurant character to the dish, adding that kick of salinity and spiciness that the Romanesco really needs. But today, I want to give you also a third example to show you how good overcooked vegetables are. So another recipe that perfectly represents the Italian love for overcooked vegetables is cavolo strascicato, a Savoy cabbage and sausage stew from Livorno that I share in our book, From the Markets of Tuscany. Use one sausage per person, says Antonio. This isn't a side dish after all, but a main course to eat with plenty of bread to clean your plate. This is how Antonio, uh, known as the Piazza Cavallotti Market as the king of lettuce, explained the following recipe to me. Not only sausages, but also extra virgin olive oil, garlic and chili pepper, which is an ingredient which is loved and abundant in the Livornese cuisine. The sausages here are not intended to merely add flavor or to accompany the bread. They play a more important role. The tomato and the chili, they lend color and attach a sweetness. The cabbage is cut into thin strips and it's cooked very slowly over low heat, absorbing all the flavors that will delight your taste buds. Serve this with fresh, crusty bread, and I promise you will love it. So, this is how I tend to cook vegetables. Not every kind of vegetables, of course, but mainly French beans, broccoli, cauliflower, and similar. What about you? Do you put a quick timer when it comes to cooking these vegetables, or do you allow them enough time to become buttery and soft? Word of the day. Learn the Italian language of food word after word. Every year, more than 200 people join our cooking classes. Speaking with them, I made a small dictionary of important words and pronunciations that can help you navigate through the immense world of Italian food. So if you love Italian language as much as you love Italian cooking, these are a few words that can be useful for you. Today's word is contorni. C-O-N-T-O-R-N-I. Contorni, plural, or contorno, singular. We're talking about side dishes, usually my favorite part of the meal when I cook and the course I'm most excited about. At the restaurant, and especially in those old-fashioned trattorie and osterie that cook hearty, typical food, usually the side dishes do not come with the meat or fish, the main course. You can locate them in the menu in the contorni section, but do not expect a great variety there. For that, you'll have to join one of our cooking classes. This is the end of today's episode of our podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group, Cooking with Jules Kitchen. Be sure to subscribe iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share it with your friends. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode show notes. Don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. Ciao!